Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Maiden Voyage. Today we're talking about the one and only Simon Sinek and his revolutionary approach to marketing, starting with why. That is why your company's true vision and mission and why you're actually in business. So we'll dive into who Simon is, what his famous golden circle theory is, and we'll cover some of our favorite brands with clearly defined whys. Let's dive in. Women face unique challenges, from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady-hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self-improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. So welcome for another episode. Today we are actually talking about one of our favorite figures here in the marketing landscape, um, specifically around our company, Impulse Creative. And just in general, I think this man has really impacted the way that the women on our team operate, whether from a sales or marketing perspective. We've really been inspired by Simon Sinek. For our listeners that don't know who he is at all, um, he is actually a public speaker. He runs keynotes and workshops where he talks about his approach to marketing, where he, he starts off by saying that your customers really don't give a shit about what you do per se. He says that they care about why your company is in business, what at the heart of it drives you wanting to deliver this product or service. And in a sense, if a customer can really call like bullshit on it or not and see if you have a genuine, authentic mission or vision or driving force behind you. And by default, if your customers share a similar value system as that, they will buy in and trust you just innately because they trust what you stand behind. And then they'll care about learning about the what of like your actual product or service and how it serves you after they've already vested, invested in your company. Um, so Simon Sinek actually, um, he has an incredible TED talk, which um, when we were onboarded here at Impulse, our boss, Remington, made all of our new coworkers watch this TED talk where he talks about his philosophy for starting with why and leading with a big why. Um, so we'll link to that on our um, Facebook page and our social media outlets so that you can watch it because it is one of the top trending TED Talks of all time and definitely worth the whatever it was, 20, 25 minutes just to tune in and see exactly what he's about. Um, but Throughout the course of time, he's actually written a ton of books. You might have seen him in like Barnes and Nobles and not even realized. He has his like famous Start With Why book. He also has one about discovering your own why. And then another popular one that I've heard a lot of people in the marketing landscape that have read are Leaders Eat Last, which is actually a fun book that I haven't read myself and is on my Goodreads, um, but it talks all about what it means to be a great leader. Um, so for today- I think that's also where, from what I've read, Jen, that's where- yeah. Oh, um, listeners, there is a three-year-old on our podcast today. Are you here? Mm -hmm. So um, if you hear a lot of noise and nonsense from my end, that's because uh, we have two weeks home due to the COVID-19 outbreak here in my region. So bear with us, listeners. Um, so anyway, I was going to say that you can also find him on stages. And like, I think what I love about Simon is that he is a leadership guru. He 
built his business on leadership and the the golden circle and the why is something that specifically marketers I and salespeople, I forget, salespeople too, can take away from his teachings and really put action to, which I love that because I think sometimes self-help books can be very like theological, whereas like the why, the golden circle is actionable. It is a, a tactic that you can take and read and then immediately do, which I just love being able to give someone something so powerful, they can do something with it immediately. Yeah, I super agree. And we'll have to share um, a, a graphic for our listeners that are actually watching the video um, to see what we're talking about when we talk about this golden circle. Um, it's, it's a really simple graphic where it's literally just a circle with three rings and at the bullseye center <laughs> is why. And it meshes out then into your how and what and says that you have to start at the center of things. And in any communication strategy that you're doing to market or like Jackie said, sell to sell to your clients that you are leading with what's most important to a you and b hopefully your customer hopefully your values align um and i'm actually a content marketer here at impulse so in almost every form of my writing that i do especially when i'm working on like a web page layout i always lay out my content content blocks in that format of scratching the itch of why the reader is actually on the page right at the beginning to kind of um, focus a little bit on their pain point and get them associating and saying, yes, this is me. Yes, I feel that way. Before I start getting into how the company themselves is actually going to start to solve their problem or help them with whatever's going on. And then lastly, the, the actual details of the product. A lot of companies I found being in the marketing landscape, they want to push all of these like stats and figures and, and things like that first and foremost that people just can't connect with. They're not making an emotional connection. And it's just like another figure that they don't really care about, if that makes sense. Sometimes I feel like we just get like data paralysis where we're used to seeing like percentages and uh, and stuff like that, where it, like I see that, and it just means nothing to me. I don't know if you ladies agree with that. If you ever see stuff like that um, on a page when someone leads with that, well, I think it's all about messaging, Jen. Right? So, like, you have a very limited amount of time to connect with the person on your website, yes. and so it's all about making your messaging just like Simon would suggest, giving them a passionate reason to want to continue down your buyer's journey, okay? So yeah. it, the why of your business, like we help people like you do X, right? Like, like not what do you do? Okay, we make widgets and gadgets, but what do those widgets and gadgets do for the people who are buying them? They save them time, they make their life easier, they connect them more with their, you know, they're people they're trying to talk to, like whatever your widgets and gadgets are, are fine. I don't really care what happens there, but for me to buy from you, I want to know that you understand who I am and the problem I'm trying to solve. And I think that Julie, wouldn't you agree from like a marketing perspective? Like that is the why of why you need to use Simon's theology. Yeah. And you know, I think sometimes Jen, when you have the data, that is the why it works. And sometimes when you're coming from a place of, I don't know, we need some data here, that tends to not work, right? Because that's not why. 
But if you're on a mission to do something because you've learned that some percent of people or animals or schools don't have or do have or are experiencing these things, and that has inspired a lot about an organization and then what you do and how you do it, data can be your why. It can be a part of that story and it can be very powerful, but it needs to be the right thing at the right time for sure. Um, and, and that's how people then find you, right? So when we talk more technically from a marketing standpoint, when we start talking about keyword research and SEO and all those things, I have found so many times that, um, so here's a great example of it, right? I have worked with a company that made project management software, but they made it for a very niche space. So, and it was also a very mature space with a lot of players. So their vertical was saturated and there were some target keywords that were all about the type of software they made and the vertical they made it for, but they were so, so difficult to rank for. And they were just, you know, great fit on paper from, from a what standpoint, but we couldn't get traction there. So really what needed to happen was we needed to expand the vision. We needed to talk about not what do we do, what do we make, but what are people looking for? And they're looking for the problems that they're trying to solve. And if you break down why companies exist, you end up identifying those problems. And those should be informing your marketing strategy and your content strategy and how you're finding keywords and all of those things. Not just, oh, we make, you know, blue widgets for hospitals. Right, because no one at the hospital is searching for a blue widget. They're searching for, you know, oh, we need to control um, hospital source disease rates and things like that. I love that. So it's about like doing like, you have to understand your persona, the person who is buying from you, the, the human or the example of that human, right? So the persona of the person, understand your marketplace. So what's out there and, um, and, and who, who's a player, right? And, and what does the competition look like? And then from like a keyword perspective, diving even deeper saying, what are they searching for? My people who I wanna find, what are they searching for? And then how can I best interpret that into a human to human conversation on my website? Did I get that right? You did, you did. So a great example of it is we're onboarding um, a new client now. We're just kicking off our work with them, right? And they are a cybersecurity solution they are using emerging technology. So it's not something that people really know much about right now, or there's a huge demand for because it's new, but they know their use cases really well. So when we think about communicating about them and creating content for them, it's not about their technology, right? If we talk about what their, their solution or their product is called, no one knows about it yet. But if we talk about these big trends and pillars in cybersecurity for enterprises that they have wonderful use cases for and they can help protect organizations from, those are things that their target personas are searching for and do care about. And then we can tie the message into that as it's appropriate. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's all about establishing a narrative, right? And telling a story and kind of wrapping the reader into that concept so they can relate or even if they don't relate necessarily still feel engaged and connect with the content. Um, so I love that. That's 
kind of exactly what we need to do, even for like a cybersecurity client who you wouldn't traditionally think um, some more of those clients, it's easier to put in a box to say like, well, we're like, we don't need to tell a story because like our data speaks for itself. Um, that's not true. Any, any kind of industry that you're in, you, you need a narrative behind it to get people to invest in your use cases and your stories. We actually have a list of some awesome brands that we've put together for some reasons why we love their why and their mission. Um, do you want to kick it off, Jackie? Sure. Oh, yeah. It's my turn, okay? Can I go? Okay. So there's, um, uh, I'm going to share a, a national brand, actually, that everyone's going to be familiar with. And I just really adore what Aerie has done from a why standpoint, right? Body image, positive body image at any size, shape, or color is what they're promoting, is that body positivity and how feeling good in your skin and feeling good in what you put on your skin is just so important. And they have increased sizes. They have changed their models to incorporate real life human beings. They don't do any airbrushing or retouching. Like it is just so body positive. And we were talking about it, um, you know, like in our prep session before we got on and Julie made a good point that like, it was also a catalyst in the industry where other brands started following this trend of like, real people and real sizes. Like I think this average size in America is still like a 10, 12, 14. Like we are not all sample sizes. And it's really nice to see what that bathing suit or that cut of underwear is going to look like on someone with like me who maybe has hips and no butt because that's my body type, right? Like not everybody has little hips, big booty and like bless you if you do girls. But, you know, we can squat, it's, you know, squat goals, but Maybe did you hear her? She went squat goals. Yes. <laughs> and anyway, um, so I just really love the message that they're sending and how yeah. I can myself, you know, I can see a normal chick um, up on, you know, the magazine and on their ads, yeah. all of that. I also love that if you go to their dressing room, they have like post-it notes and pens and you can leave notes, like positive notes for other women because we all know trying on a bathing suit or a bra or a pair of pants is sometimes the last thing you want to do to make yourself feel good. And it's just nice to see like the notes are so fun. I've taken pictures of myself in the dressing room because I love it so much. So, and I've, you know, I yeah. love how like their models are like untouched too. Like they're untouched. Very transparent about the fact that they're not like photoshopping them in some of their images you're seeing like cellulite you're seeing stretch marks i mean we all have it right you don't have to be a pregnant woman to have said i had stretch marks long before i had a baby right like right. stretch marks are a part of your body growing and like i think we need to honor those things about us and aries just doing a really great job of yeah, I think it's in my room. You can go get it. Aria's done a really great job of starting that kind of, I hate to call it a trend because yeah, she just. We can say like mo movement. Movement, yeah. Movement like, change. Yeah, like they started mm -hmm. this movement that other people are doing, which I love. Yeah. Then, okay, I'm going to open the door one second. <laughs> one of the things I loved that I think I saw probably around or after Airy kind of took their campaign live was um, Under Armour started doing their campaign with Misty Copeland, um, who is a ballerina 
and I'm going to get her company wrong if I say it, um, because there are too many ballet companies in New York City. Just kidding. There's not enough ballet companies in New York City. Um, but she's, she's a dancer. She's a ballerina. She's very short, which is unusual for professional ballerinas and doesn't have a ballet body type at all. Um, and another sports company had done a ballet inspired line and had not used ballerinas to uh, promote it in their ad campaigns and things like that. And then Under Armour said, oh, Missy Copeland, we will, uh, we will be working with you. And it was just a great kind of extension of this idea that um, you can use like a real person in this field and maybe they're not a model body type or um, even the perfect body type for their, their craft and for their profession, um, but can still be phenomenal. And she is phenomenal. So you should look her up. She's, um, beautiful to watch her dance. That's amazing. I definitely will. Cause I, I don't know how sometimes there's just so many companies with so many marketing campaigns. And even in the marketing landscape, I hear all the time of different like advertisements that I've never even freaking heard of, which is wild to me since we are like, so so into that specifically, but I will look it up then. That's awesome. Um, so I am on a super kick right now about um, like clean cosmetics and in general, just um, like clean cleaning products. Um, so I actually just listened to um, Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. If you're not listening to his podcast, it is sensational. Check it out. He had an episode where he brought on um, this woman named Tara Foley, who runs a clean cosmetic company. Um, and she talked about some of the crazy chemicals and synthetic products and like cancer inducing carcinogens and everything that are in so many daily household products that we use from like the wipes that we use to sanitize things, our bathroom cleaner, the sprays that we use, you know, like after we poop to like mist, <laughs> mist everything. Um, our shampoos, our conditioners, our body lotions, our makeup. There are so many things within this industry that aren't strictly regulated because like legally they don't have to be. Um, so a lot of these companies are putting out product like ingredients in their products that they can get away with. Um, and, and this and a great documentary about this that I saw on Netflix called Stink, if you're interested in watching it, kind of talks about um, the fragrance loophole. So if you've ever noticed next time you're anywhere in the grocery store, flip over and find that most products will say fragrance somewhere in there with like an asterisk behind it or something. And that fragrance category could be up to a thousand, a thousand other ingredients, a lot of times like toxic ingredients that don't have to be listed on the product itself. Um, so anytime you see somewhere that actually says, I think it's absolutely disgusting. I was just going to add Jen that, um, I use a product line called beauty counter and they are all about clean products. That's no chemicals, even their packaging is as minimal as possible, which I love to do trying to like decrease that footprint. Um, and they're going to battle right now against the government to change the laws for cosmetics in this country, because it's atrocious that we could put a ingredient called fragrance on a package and actually not know what's in it. Yes. Um, and I would say about 
about three years ago, I got into essential oils because this is going to sound crazy because this is going to talk about perfumes a little bit here, but I put on my perfume when she was an infant and then I held her and then she smelled like my perfume for days. And I was, yes, you. And I was like, that's disgusting. Like, I don't, A, you don't need to be smelling like perfume. You're, you're a baby. But B, like, I'm a baby? not anymore. But I was like, I don't know what is in this. And you, your pores are so susceptible to just take in anything in your, anything. I don't want to be giving her these chemicals. So that's when I really started utilizing like essential oils, not only just because they really smell good, but I was like making my own perfumes mm-hmm. up until about six months ago. I made my own hand sanitizers because I just didn't want all the, now I just like kind of dump a bottle of rubbing alcohol over her to keep her like healthy. But like before I really didn't want to do that. Um, and so I was making all of my own products using these like ingredient, healthy product lines. And I think it's so important for us to know, like these companies are doing the why, right? Like it is really clear why seventh generation is around. And I love that they're even available on the market right now. Right. Yeah. I was, I was chatting with the girls right before this podcast and I'm like, I'm a dork. Like I brought for the listeners that are actually like watching on the screen, some of the products just to show. And I don't even know if it'll pick up here, but I find myself now in the store actually being that person that turns something over and reading to see what's inside of it. Because for so long, I just felt like a blinded consumer in a way where I would see something and be like, oh, that like product looks pretty. Like the label on it is like really hipster and cute. Marketing at its best, Jen. Right. Or I would like a lot of shampoos or lotions or something you base off a smell and nothing else. So you open it and you're like, oh, that smells good. And then you take it literally just based on the way it smells. Um, But Seventh Generation is a wonderful company with a really powerful why because on their branding, they break down the specific ingredients list and give you a list of what is like a plant-derived product and bring attention to the things that aren't, which is wild because any other company would want to kind of hide those, right? They're like, oh, these like synthetic things, like I don't want you to know this is in here. And it it goes in a product label where it's buried with 30 other ingredients and you just don't think of it. But companies like this will actually call out the synthetic preservatives they use so that you can make a conscious decision about which ones you want to include in your daily life. Um, And one of my other favorite companies as well um, for their ingredient transparency um, is also Lush Cosmetic Products. Um, so I don't know if you've ever went or in there and seen them, but they in general are a company with an amazing, amazing list of core values that are all completely surrounded behind their mission and vision. They have a, a solid sense of why their company is around and really, truly stand behind it in so many different ways. A lot of their products, um, so take it back. Like their mission and vision is to just use as many organically sourced, um, packaging free, safe for the environment, safe for animals, safe for people, products in general. And they sell a lot of like naked products that they call that don't even come in packaging. If you notice some of their bath bombs or their hand soaps or products, they're not in a plastic wrapping. 
they are just sitting out and you just pluck them and they put them in a little like um sandwich baggy not plastic like a cardboard or not cardboard what's that uh uh like paper? a brown, brown like paper parchment type yeah. of thing that they have yeah yeah like a brown paper bag um yeah like, no i love that and they're they they stand by who they are and i think they really just stand by who they are and i love that like and that's the yeah. thing with with organizations uh what do you have to say well then pipe down with organizations who are um have a why and focus on a why i think you can see that in everything they do like jen was just explaining like packaging promotions marketing their sales staff right like they are going to 100 be aligned with their why and yes. and and for people who are thinking how can i bring this to my organization i really think it starts with a look in right why are we doing what we're doing? Who are we doing it for? And how can we share that message and scream it from the rooftop? And I think we've given like a really good tips and like people can go take and do some research on some of the companies that we've spoken about to be like, who are they? What are they doing? How can I do that? We're going to share some really awesome links, but I think before we go, did anyone else want to share any other companies or tips on how to start with the golden circle? I would just say to get really serious about looking for ways that you could be not honoring your why, if that makes sense. I feel like a lot of companies have, they define, they're really great at like defining their why, but then there are some things that could come off as ironic um, that maybe they don't quite pick up on. So remember, like Jackie said, and then I said that it's in everything that you do. Your why isn't just in the things you say, it's the things you do as well. So like to loop it real quick back to Lush, they, like everything that they make is handmade from the products that they make to their actual, like, um, not offices, but their storefronts. So they take recycled, um, reclaimed wood to make all of the shelves in their store, um, they they learn about the relationships of like the land, the people, the communities of the products that they're harvesting from to ensure that these things are actually ethically sourced. Um, so it's one thing to say like, oh, I care about the environment. Oh, I care about like your health, but you need to, your company needs to follow through with its why and every single check box that you can to come off as a truly authentic brand. So. Do you have anything else to add, Julie? No, you know, I, I think uh, I think why is great. Um, I love the idea of brands sharing their why and consumers and business consumers and the whole um, piece of it really understanding choices that they have and letting a brand's why inform choices that they make. And I, I just love that. So definitely share your why, shout your why, and, um, you know, do good marketing that supports it. Heck yeah. And if you would need help finding your why, Simon Sinek's book on, I would start with, start with your why and then read his second book, find your why, and definitely check out that TED talk so that you can get started discovering your own why. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.